Acts chapter 8, if you have your Bibles with you, and again, if you're a visitor, we're very, very glad you're with us this morning. We are having a water baptism, so I'm going to actually minister on the issue of, of and the subject of water baptism. And uh, part of this comes out of the fact that when Pastor Stevens was with us last week, we were uh, just reminiscing about when I became a Christian and got saved and, and uh, he didn't remember all of it. It wasn't as impactful on his life as it was necessarily on mine. He did remember certain details. But the very night I, I had gone to church, uh, my girlfriend at the time had just given her life to Jesus Christ and, uh, and my, the guitarist and his girlfriend in my band had given their lives to Jesus and so I'm seeing all these people and I don't know that much about Jesus. I don't know that much about Christianity. Uh, I had grown up in, in, in religion but I didn't know what it was like to actually be a Christian. And I remember sitting through that service I don't remember what he preached. I don't remember all that was involved in the ministry of, of preaching that, that night. But I do remember that at the end of the night, I knew that God wanted me to get baptized. I had given my life to Jesus that day and God uh, changed me. Baptism is the symbol an outward obedience symbol of what's already happened in someone's heart. It's not for babies. Jesus was baptized when he was 30 years old. He made a decision to do that. In fact, John even tried to talk him out of it a little bit and say, don't do this. It probably would be a, a, a mistake. You know, uh, you should baptize me. And Jesus said, no, no, let all things be done in the right order. One man wrote of baptism. He says, in baptism, we are initiated, crowned, chosen, embraced, washed, adopted, gifted, reborn, uh, killed and therefore sent to be redeemed. We are identified as one of God's own, then assigned our place and our job within the kingdom of God. And so the understanding of baptism is that it brings us into obedience with Christ and it is a catalyst for the purposes and the will of God in our lives. I want to read one scripture. I'm going to put it in context, but I just want to focus in on Acts chapter 8 verse 12. And it says, and now the people believed Philip's message of the good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. And as a result, many men and women were baptized. Now, what has happened here is Philip uh, has gone to uh, Samaria. He's preaching in a city called Samaria. This was a city north of uh, Judah. This was the divided kingdom. And Jesus had spent time there with the woman at the well. But now Philip is there. He's preaching. And as he's preaching, people are believing. And many are getting, the mark of this is they're getting baptized. So I want to think about this, because he says first and foremost that Philip preached the good news or the 
the message or what we would call the gospel of Jesus Christ concerning the kingdom of God. Jesus spoke a great deal about the kingdom of God. He spoke a great deal in parables about God's kingdom. He would say the kingdom of God is like a man who went and sowed seed in a field, or a man who finds a treasure in a field, or or a woman uh, making uh, bread and puts in a little leaven. He has numbers of illustrations and spoke greatly about the kingdom of God. John 3 and verse 3, speaking to a very religious man, he said that you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. The kingdom of God is what you and I are a part of if we're believers in Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. That word literally means to be taken from one place to another. The uh, When I was a young convert, Star Trek was uh, uh, still kind of popular. The movies were coming out uh, back in the 80s. And yeah, I am that old. But uh, they were coming out in the 80s and they were there. And uh, they would have the transporter where they would beam someone down to a planet. Right? Scotty, beam us down. And then the non-essential... Uh, actor gets killed in the in it and right in there beam back up and 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 Kirk was the hero right and so that was you know that was what the the terminology here is like you were transported into from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God Pat Summerall was a sports commentator for many many years and Late in his life, he actually became a Christian. He had been a raging alcoholic. He had gone through, uh, I, re- I remember him doing football games, basketball games. Uh, uh, he was a large sports commentator in his day. Passed away a number of years ago. He had overcome alcoholism and had become a follower of Christ in his late 60s. I believe he was 68 or 69 when he gave his life to Jesus. And in when he was baptized, he said this about water baptism. I went down into the water, and when I came up, it was like 40 pounds of weight had been lifted off of me. I was happier. Uh, I have a happier life healthier life and a more positive feeling about life than ever before. A lot of people describe baptism, it's not salvation. You're, you, you don't have to be baptized to be saved. The thief on the cross obviously never was baptized. But there is something about the obedience if you have an opportunity to follow through with Christ and to be Baptized. Jesus commissioned his disciples, the apostles, in Matthew 28 and verse 19. He said, therefore go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
He says this is going to be the mark. When you're preaching, uh, we're not just contending simply for uh, good sermons. Good message. Contending for people's lives to be touched, changed, and them to go on and serve God. He says not, he came preaching the gospel in the name of Jesus. Christianity is a very specific religion. And there, there's, in our day, there's the, the terminologies, there's many paths to God, there's many roads to God, but there's not, there's not, there's one. John 14 verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And in our day, people will tell you, well, I'm a good person. You know, if you weigh my good and versus my bad, I'll be okay. Except that doesn't work anywhere else. I'm good most of the time. Well, I'm sure both, you know, the people, your family that you live with, they'll be glad about that. But we've all broken the law. The Bible calls it sin. Sin separates us from God. Sin is not just a weakness. It separates us from God. And the only way you can be forgiven is through Jesus Christ. Through his blood, through his sacrifice on Calvary's cross. Being good isn't going to be enough. Peter was preaching in Acts chapter 4. And he made the statement, there is salvation, in verse 12, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. It is the name of Jesus Christ. When Philip is preaching in Samaria, they, had, they knew about Jesus. Jesus had been there. He had been there, like I said, the woman at the well, traveled through, stayed there a couple of days, uh, ministered, healed people. Uh, there, were, there were things going on. There was prejudice at this time between Jews and Samaritans. Samaritans were half-breeds, if you will. They were a mix of Jewish blood and Gentile blood. And human nature has not changed. People are prejudiced. And they were prejudiced against them. There's, you know, every country has another country that they make fun of. Right? The Dutch make fun of the Belgians and the French. They'll say that they'll be an advertised in the paper, gun for sale, never fired, dropped twice, call the French army. Right? They will make these kinds of jokes. And if you're French, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just saying you can make that joke about a lot of different nations. Right? There's, that's what they will do. They'll have this kind of uh, attitude. where, the, And this is what the, the Jews had against the Samaritans. They knew about Jesus. They had heard. They had had a form of religion. But he comes preaching the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ. I'll just add here, when you testify to just talk about God is okay. But when you talk about Jesus, it gets very specific. 
what Jesus can do in someone's life. There's no other name under heaven. And Philip is preaching this. Bible says there's miracles there. There's opposition there. There's a sorcerer who tries to come against him. And there's all sorts of things that go on there. And the apostles come and preach a revival. And, and it's just that atmosphere that people are getting baptized. Baptism is also by faith. We're saved by faith. We make the step of obedience by faith. Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Baptism is part of the obedience of serving God. God doesn't just save us and then say, oh, well, glad you're saved, but he then requires some obedience. He requires us to do certain things. He requires us to maybe not do some things. This is where people will get into the attitude, well, Christianity is just rules. It's not just rules. It's a relationship with Jesus. It's a relationship with God. It's the privilege of being in the kingdom of God. But as a United States citizen, as a citizen of Monroe County, I have responsibilities. They are there as a result of being a citizen of the state of New York, the county of Monroe, that are natural. You have responsibility not to break certain laws. You have responsibilities to do certain things. And as a result of that, that's true in the kingdom of God as well. We've come in and faith, then by faith we've been saved, but then we are required by God to go forward in that. Acts chapter 2, Peter's preaching. It's the day the Holy Spirit was poured out. And they had heard them speaking in tongues. If you're a visitor and you heard some strange, crazy things, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what God said would happen in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 19 and other places. That when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the things he gives you is a prayer and praise language. They hear this. They're confounded. They're, they're astonished at this. Peter then preaches. And people begin to respond. And in Acts chapter 30, uh, 238, Peter replies and says, when they say, what should we do? He says, each one of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 41 says that 3,000 of them were baptized that day. It's a step that releases more into our lives. That as we do this in obedience. Our text says as a result of Philip preaching the kingdom of God 
talking about the name of Jesus, as that resulted, men and women believed. I want to just talk to you real quickly of what baptism is and isn't. Baptism is not sanctification. There's some people, they say, well, you have to be to a certain level, brother, before you can get baptized. Well, tell you what, the night I prayed, I wasn't at any level at all. I didn't know too much of the differences. You know, the old joke is I didn't know the difference between an apostle and an epistle. An epistle is a letter written in the Bible, fancy old English. An apostle, of course, was one of the twelve chosen by Jesus. I didn't know the difference. I didn't know a lot of the Bible. I had no theological understandings. I don't know how long it had been. I probably, you know, I I wasn't living for God when I woke up that morning. So I don't know what I had been involved in. I can't remember. It's been a few, you know, (laughs) a few chapters, 39 plus years. So I, I don't remember exactly what I was doing that morning. But I'm sure, you know, sure I had done some things or said some things or whatever. But it is identification. It is the mark of saying, I'm identifying with Jesus Christ and what he's done in my life. A Texas pastor named Jim Dennison was in college and he served as a missionary in East Malaysia for a summer. And while he was there, he was attending a small church and at one of the worship services, a teenage girl came forth and announced her decision to follow Christ and to be baptized. During the service, Dennison noticed that she had some worn out luggage leaning against the wall of the church building. He asked the pastor about it, and the pastor pointed to the girl who had just been baptized and told Dennison, her father said that if she was baptized as a Christian, she could never come home again. So she brought her luggage. Now, I pray that that's not the case with you this morning. But she's willing to identify with Christ because of what God had done in her life. Peter writes it this way, 1 Peter 3 and verse 21, and that the water is, a, he's talking about the flood, but he says the water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by the removing of dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It says it's not, the, the water doesn't save you. The blood of Jesus, faith in what he did on Calvary. That's what saves you. But what baptism is, is a mark towards a good conscience to identify with Christ. Men and women, it says, were added. Men and women believed and were baptized. As a result, our text says, men and women were baptized. There is a connection between being baptized and going on to serve Christ and making heaven your home. Acts chapter 9 tells us of a man named Saul who had been persecuting the church. 
has the Damascus Road experience where he meets Jesus Christ in a very radical way. For three days he was blind, he didn't see, he wasn't able to uh, function. But when a man named Ananias went and prayed for him, he got healed of the blindness and immediately was baptized. Right after this story that we've just read in Acts chapter 8, Philip then leaves Samaria. And as he's leaving Samaria, he's now south of Jerusalem. He's on a road now south of Jerusalem, which is a couple miles away. It's not super close, not far, but we have automobiles. He didn't. And he meets a man who's traveling back to Ethiopia from spending the Passover up in Jerusalem. Philip goes up to him. He begins to find this man reading Isaiah 53, what we would know as Isaiah 53. It wasn't numbered back then like it is today. And Philip, the Bible says, began to open from that scripture and preach Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip says, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down to the water and he baptized him. Here's a man who gets saved and he says, I I need to be baptized. Doesn't even wait for the preacher to say it. He says, "I, I need to do that. Because there's something in the hearts that we know this is right. So why water, why water baptism? I mean, why is it so resisted? We had a bigger, much bigger list. There's a lot of people, there's in fact three people who are not here this morning who told me they were going to be here to be baptized. Why is it so resisted? Why is it so fought against? Why is it so opposed? Because it's more than just a symbol. It's just water. We didn't pipe this water in from Jerusalem. It is not from the Jordan River. It's from the host spigot out front. Where do we, you know? Why, why, is, why is it? Well, one, there's a spiritual transaction that happens. Colossians 2 and verse 12, You are buried with Christ when you were baptized. And with him you were raised to new life because you entrusted in the mighty power of God who raises Christ from the dead. Romans, and we'll look at this just in a moment, but describes it as taking the old man, the old life, down to a watery grave and coming up in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a symbol to show what's already happened in your heart. I've used this illustration before, but I really love it. 
This ring doesn't make me married. What makes me married is my commitment and my wife's commitment to each other. This is simply a symbol that I wear to show I am married. Another person said, a wedding ring cuts out, cuts off circulation. At least it should, but anyway. It's just a symbol. I rarely take it off unless I'm working around especially electricity than I do. But it, it doesn't make me married. If I take it off, still married. I'm do it later. Afraid I'll drop it. Right? Still married. On, off, still married. But it's a symbol that clearly identifies the one who is married. This is what water baptism does. There's also a blessing. God blesses the decision to be baptized. Galatians three twenty six and 27, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. He's literally talking about the old bad habits, ways from religion to sin. And he said, we put these aside. He said, that man is dead. Now I live a new life. Acts chapter 8, Peter was preaching. And there was a man named Cornelius. He's an Italian man. There's a lot happening here in the scriptures, and I won't go into all of that happening there. But Peter goes to his house. God's kind of visited both of them and got this, orchestrated this together. Peter's preaching, and in the midst of his preaching, they're filled with the Holy Spirit, and they hear them speak in tongues. And Peter says, can anyone object to them being baptized now that they've received the Holy Spirit just as he, we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Afterwards, Cornelius asked him to stay with him for several days. He said, you know what? This is just, this is for everybody. The blessing. God brought them in. This is a breakthrough. This is a break again of prejudices. Racial and social divides. As a church should be. God began to do that in a mighty way. And baptism was linked to it. One of the worst days of Breton Wynn's life paved the way for one of the best. He was angry at God and relapsed from addictions to methamphetamines. Wim knew nothing about the Central Baptist Church in Conway, Arkansas when he broke into it that evening. High on drugs, Wim went on a rampage causing more than $100,000 worth of of damage to the church. Six months later, Wim was baptized at Central Baptist Church. He said, I'm starting to understand how God works. I didn't realize that I didn't pick the church that night. God picked me. 
And if it had been any other church, I think I'd be sitting in prison right now. Wind's journey from a cell to a baptismal in February, uh, a cell in February to a baptismal pool in September began through the pastor, Don Chandler. He talked to the prosecutor and Chandler knew that if he could offer Wynne forgiveness, there was a chance. Chandler said, you can preach for 50 years grace without practicing it, but especially in front of your whole church, this young man who had made some mistakes was on drugs and alcohol when he did what he did. But he's redeemable. This man went on and he served God in that church. I Mother Church has a similar story of a man who broke in, tried to burn it down, and now is serving God, playing drums on the platform. Making the decision. It's a mark, it's a step in obedience to God. And that's why we're doing this. This is why we encourage people to do this. Go on and serve God. And one of the marks is to be baptized. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. If you're getting baptized, you can meet Yanni in the back. He's going to help you. But maybe you've come this evening and you're not right with God. This morning, you're not right with God. Jesus is the only way. Philip preached that Jesus is the only way to heaven. I don't say that to condemn or to say we're better or we've got... I'm saying that because this is what Jesus said. And that if you'll put your faith in Jesus Christ and serve God in His kingdom, God can bless your life do a miracle and help you. It begins not with baptism. It begins with a prayer. It begins with a surrender. To say, you know what? I have sinned. I've offended God. I've broken the rules. I've done something that was wrong. But I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins rose again from the dead and wants to forgive me and save me. And that if you'll acknowledge your sin, we don't need to know the details. You do and God does. That's enough. But if you're willing to leave that and come to Jesus Christ and say, God, if forgive me, He will forgive you. And he'll change your life. It's called being born again. And then you will see the kingdom of God. You will understand the purposes God has for your life and your future. And if you're here this morning, you're not right with God, you're not a Christian, and you want to become a Christian, God wants to touch you. He wants to. He's willing to meet you. You haven't been that bad that God can't forgive you. God wants to meet you. If that's you, I wonder if you'd slip up your hand and say, Preacher, would you pray for me? I need Jesus Christ to forgive my sins. I need to be born again.
anyone at all, very quickly, you want to pray a prayer. Maybe you're backslidden. You, it means you once knew God, you once served God, but you turned away. You went your own way. And now you need to come back to Jesus. If that's you, anyone, very quickly, slip up your hand. Pray for me. I need to give my heart back to God. I need, I'm not right with Jesus this morning. I need to get my heart right. Changing the call then to Christians. One of the great privileges that we have is knowing and being a part of the kingdom of God. If you have been baptized, he preached the kingdom of God and Jesus. We have a wonderful opportunity to encourage people to be baptized, but also to remember that you and I have that great privilege. And that what we're seeing, it brings me back. When we see someone get baptized, it always brings me back to when I got baptized that night. Not sure of what was going on, not understanding everything, not being totally sanctified and purified and all of that. I just, I just had simply given my life to Jesus, put faith in him and said, God, help and it's wonderful at moments like this to be brought back to our time that we can know God's going to help us just like God's going to help these that are baptized. So let's all stand. We're going to sing a song. We're going to open up these altars, give time for those to get ready backstage. Will these altars are open. And I can almost hear a trumpet sound. And in the twinkling of the night, I'll be gone. I can't wait to hear the word, well done. Well done, faithful servant. I will wait. And I will wait on you, Lord, till you come. And I can almost hear the trumpet sound. And in a twinkling of his night, I'll be gone. And I can't wait to hear the word. Let's give him praise. Let's worship him. Father, we love you.